Let the celebration begin. With four titles in the last eight years, the run is not done. The Golden State Warriors, once again, are NBA champions. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Golden State Warriors podcast, NBA Draft Edition. Kevin Dana filling in for Tim Roy, and we are talking just after the introductory press conference for the three newest Golden State Warriors. You will be hearing from them as I had a chance to host that press conference at, at the end of uh, this segment of the podcast, and then we will throw it to that. But there are three new Golden State Warriors on the team. Patrick Baldwin Jr., who is the number 28 overall pick. Ryan Rollins, the number 44 pick, who the, the Warriors actually traded up seven spots to get and sent the Atlanta Hawks some cash, a couple million bones for that pick. And then Guy Santos with the number 55 overall selection. So let's talk a little bit about each of these guys and kind of what they can bring to the table and what the future looks like for this team going forward. So we'll start with the first round pick, Patrick Baldwin Jr. He was taken number 28 overall, but if you rewind the clock back to 2020, this guy was the number one recruit in his high school class. And while I'll admit that I didn't watch a Milwaukee Panthers basketball game this year or didn't get a chance to to look back on film in the pre-draft prep, but I did see some highlights. And in those highlights, you can tell that this guy has a very clean shooting stroke. Uh, it is smooth. It is pristine. And it is but one reason why he was such a high-level recruit. How about this? He's the youngest player ever to get an offer from Duke when he was a freshman in high school. That's the, the kind of level of talent that this guy has. He was Wisconsin Gatorade Player of the Year, and then the injuries came. He dislocated his left ankle his second game in his senior year of high school, then uh, sprained his left ankle in the fourth game of his freshman year, which he spent at Milwaukee. And you might be thinking, well, what is a top recruit doing playing in the Horizon League? Well, of course, his father was the head coach, Patrick Baldwin Sr. He was the head coach at Milwaukee, and Pat wanted to play for his dad, and if you take a look at the overall numbers, they aren't monster numbers of 12 points, 5.8 rebounds, shot 27% from three. I will say this, though. Before he injured his ankle, he was averaging almost 18 points per game. In his first three games before he re-injured that ankle, 17.7 points, like eight rebounds per game, was doing a really nice job, two blocks per game, a steal per game, and, and then got hurt the fourth game of the season, had a bout with COVID, and, and so that kind of derailed the season, only played in 11 games. And so that's kind of why he, quote-unquote, tumbled down the draft boards. But this is, as Bob Myers said yesterday, a, a real nice upside swing for Golden State because at one point this guy was considered the cream of the crop in his recruiting class. Uh, comes from a good athletic stock. Talked about his dad being a, a college basketball head coach. He has actually just uh, been signed by Patrick Ewing, the head coach of Georgetown, to be an assistant with the Hoyas. So congratulations to to Pat Sr. But it, his father, Go UNU, played at Northwestern, was a point guard in the early 90s for Northwestern. His mother, Sean, was a middle blocker for the Northwestern women's volleyball team. Uh, I, I went to Northwestern for grad school, so I, I love that personally. He grew up in Evanston, Chicago, and then, of course, when his dad took the Milwaukee head coaching job, uh, moved to the Milwaukee area where he went to Hamilton High, I mentioned that he was the Wisconsin Gatorade Player of the Year, and and, uh, and you will hear in the 
press conference uh, that we just had. He, he does know a little bit of Kevon Looney and Jordan Poole. Of course, they're a little bit older than him. Poole's 23. He is 19. Patrick Jr. will turn 20 in November, so a three-and-a-half-year difference there. And, of course, Kevon's significantly older than him at 26. So, uh, But he is very well aware of those guys. Of course, Golden State has a nice Milwaukee connection, not only with those two. Of course, Juan Toscano Anderson went to Marquette, which is located right in downtown Milwaukee. And I'll say this. Uh, I got James Kincaid sitting right here with me in our crack studios of the Golden State Warriors offices here at Chase Center. And in 2016, I take a, a baseball trip with my dad every year. We went to Minneapolis and Milwaukee, and I dragged my dad on a college tour of a, of a campus in the area. We went to Wisconsin-Milwaukee. I told Brett Winkler this. I actually have a pair of Wisconsin-Milwaukee basketball shorts. They are yellow, and I, I, I use them to work out in like once every other week or however often I do my laundry, so I have to break those out again. So I actually have some Panthers gear, uh, and I realized that about an hour after the draft. I'm like, oh, wait, I have some Milwaukee Panthers athletic stuff, so I'm going to have to break that stuff out. Uh, so, so that's kind of the story on, on, on Patrick Baldwin Jr., a tall wing. He he's six nine, six ten, two twenty, two thirty. He's got a seven one, almost seven two wingspan. Who who's got that perimeter skill, talented, deep shooting range, and a stretch four potential. And, and I, I do want to go back to, to the stats from his freshman year again. I mentioned the shooting numbers, 34 from the field, 27 from three. Well, he took 43 jumpers in those 11 games and 36 of them were contested. That's according to Synergy. And, and so that just shows you that he was having to take a lot of tough shots and so that that certainly didn't help his percentages. So once he gets around a more talented team, no disrespect to his teammates at, at Milwaukee, but now he's going to be playing along Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, eventually guys of that caliber uh, maybe not be getting a lot of time right off the bat um, and I, I'd certainly be happy to see him in Santa Cruz, much like I would with uh, Ryan and Gee. Let, let's move over to Ryan, a Detroit kid. He was born in Detroit, moved uh, to McComb which is about 43 minutes north, 34 miles north. I did the Google Maps research last night when he was eight years old. He played at Toledo, who was coached by Todd Kowalczyk. And how, how's this for a connection? So Todd Kowalczyk was the head coach at Green Bay when Patrick Baldwin Sr. was an assistant there at the time that Patrick Baldwin Jr. was born. He was eight days old when he went to his first basketball game, which I'm assuming is a Green Bay men's basketball game coached by Ryan Wallen's current head coach, or I guess former head coach of three months ago, and his dad. So there's a little connection for you. I, I got to ask those guys if they had made that connection. I, I'm sure they beat me to it. But this guy was a score supreme at Toledo. Over the course of two years, more than 16 points per game. As a sophomore, 19 points per game. And he was the MAC freshman of the year in 2021, and then was first-team All-MAC this season. He led Toledo to two outright MAC regular season championships. Unfortunately, they didn't get it done in the MAC tournament, so they were relegated to the NIT. But he's the first guy drafted out Toledo since Casey Shaw in 1998. So it had been 24 years since uh, the Rockets had a, a guy drafted. And Patrick Baldwin Jr., when he steps on to an NBA floor for the first time in the regular season. He will become the first Panther to ever play in an NBA regular season game. Of course, uh, Gold State has great success with guys from not the, the, the Blue Blood programs. Look no further than number 30 uh, at, at Davidson. 
So this guy had a really productive two years in college, and his draft stock just continued to rise and rise and rise. Uh, had a nice combine, played in one game at, at the combine in Chicago, had a nice performance there, and, and really tested well. He had the tied-for-first-best three-quarter sprint, which he did in 3.07 seconds. So you think about three-quarters of court, court's 94 feet, so that's, what, 71, 72 feet. He covered that ground in 3.07 seconds. Uh I'm not a a mathematician or an athlete, but I can tell you I could not do that in 3.07 seconds. Uh, And if you're listening to this, you probably can't either. Uh, No no disrespect to your athletic capabilities, unless you're Ryan Rollins listening to this, in which case you can. Uh, So, I mean, just really had a a great career there. High steal and rebound rates as well. He averaged more than a steal and a half per game his sophomore year at Toledo uh, and averaged six rebounds per game. This guy is 6'4", so rebounds really well for his size. And one reason why, he has a 6'10 wingspan. So he's plus six and then some in the wingspan to, to height ratio, which is a really good number to have. Can block some shots because of that length. It was really solid inside the arc shot, 54% inside the arc. So uh, has a great mid-range game, good out of ball screen. So a lot to like there with Ryan Rollins. And now we move on to Guy Santos, who uh, has a lot of length as well. You know, it's a wings league, as I believe Kevin Durant tweeted last night uh, during the draft. And this guy is a, a, a nice prototypical wing. It's six seven seven one wingspan, 185 pounds, played professionally for Minas and actually played. He's from Brazil. He played with Leandro Barbosa and he was talking about that. And you'll get a chance to hear from Guy in, in the press conference talking about how Leandro kind of helped influence his game. He played for Minas. He, he's been there the last four seasons. He's been kind of a, a key contributor each of the last two years. His points per game jumped up from 7.8 last year to 10.5 per game. This year uh, started, uh, you know, shot 36% from three a year ago, shot 45% from the field this year. This is a guy who, if you read scouting reports, will say he knows how to use his frame well. He's fast. He can run the floor, has real body control, and can play through contact. So you like that. He's got some toughness to him. He can tip slam shots off, missed shots off offensive rebounds, and he's really good. What they really like about him is is he's an excellent pick-and-roll playmaker as a scorer and passer and has a nice, simple shooting motion. So that's kind of the lowdown on those three guys. Uh, The the note on Ryan Rollins mentioned that the the Warriors traded up seven spots uh, with Atlanta because they originally had the 51st pick in the 2022 second round of the NBA draft and, and moved up seven spots to 44, gave them a couple million dollars. And this is something Golden State it's done before they 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 bought into the second round for a guy like Patrick McCaw in 2016 and Jordan Bell in 2017 and I think that's a kind of a, a nice tip of the cap to the ownership that they are willing to shell out money for for draft picks in the second round and, and you know show that organizational support that has been really nice to see uh, from ownership over previous drafts and, and they did it again with Ryan Rollins the Detroit kid so uh, again Patrick Baldwin Jr. taken 28th overall out of Wisconsin Milwaukee go by Milwaukee now I checked that with Brett Winkler a, a Panther alum now a PR guy with the Golden State Guy Santos was 55th overall and in between uh, those two Ryan Rollins 44th overall out of Toledo, out of the MAC. So a guy from the Horizon League, a guy from the MAC, and a guy from the NBB. That is the Brazilian Professional League. There is a, another connection in addition to 
Leandro Barbosa uh, and, and playing in that league. Uh, a Santa Cruz Warriors connection, which I have to make since I am a Santa Cruz Warriors broadcaster. Darrington Hobson, uh, who is a 2015 G League champion with the Santa Cruz Warriors, actually came to the C-Dubs that year after playing professionally in Brazil. So there's your NBB connection of the day here on the Golden State Warriors podcast. And, and, and without further ado, we've talked enough about these guys. Let's hear from these guys now. And, and this is what they had to say in, in the NBA draft press conference. That I had a chance to host uh, uh, alongside Gee, Patrick, Ryan, and assistant GM Mike Dunleavy. It's great to see the three newest faces of the Golden State Warriors. And let me introduce everyone up here. Of course, to my far left is Golden State Warriors assistant GM Mike Dunleavy. Two days from today will be the 20th anniversary of him being drafted third overall by Golden State back in 2002. Of course, to his right is Ryan Rollins, second round draft pick taken 44th overall. Warriors moved up seven spots to get him at 44. In the middle, we have Patrick Baldwin Jr., who is taken out of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, the number 28 overall pick. And to my left is Guy Santos out of Brazil, taken with the number 55 overall pick. And so how this is going to go is I'm going to give each of these players and Mike a question, then we will open it up to questions from the media. We'll also have a photo op after that, and then after the photo op, where you can take pictures of the players with their New Jersey numbers, then we can break down into group interviews. So first things first, I'll start with you, Mike, and it's been quite a last eight days or so. Last Thursday, you win a championship, you host a parade on Monday, and then three days after that, you draft three players for your 2020 223 season and beyond. Obviously, you have scouts who work on the draft year-round and stuff, but what has this last week been like for you winning a championship and getting ready for a draft? Yeah, I mean, you said it. No, no doubt it's been an exciting week, and I think you learn the page turns pretty quick. So we've gone from the parade to the draft in just three days, and uh, we're fortunate to come out of it today with three quality players we're really excited about that we can add to our young core, and um, we're excited to have them out here. Ryan, let's move on to you because uh, I know you're a player who I've read some interviews from you in the past. You're a big fan of a player like C.J. McCollum, another guard who came from a mid-major conference like yourself coming out of Toledo. Uh, just curious, you know, obviously the Warriors have had success with a guy like Stephen Curry who, who came from a mid-major school as well. How, how much do players like those guys motivate you and what have you kind of taken from their games as you have now become an NBA player yourself? Um, they motivate me a lot. You know, it just shows, you know, they kind of pave the way for guys like me, you know, just mid-major guys that don't get highly recruited, don't get the most televised games and whatnot. But, you know, it's for sure exciting. I'm glad to be in this position, and I'm, I'm ready to prove something. Now, Patrick, I, I read that you attended your first basketball game at eight days old when your dad was an assistant at Green Bay. And then when you were in the second grade, your dad hired you to be a water boy for the team so you could be around the team. And, you know, basketball's been in your blood. Athletics are in your blood. Your, your mother was a great middle blocker at Northwestern. Go UNU. Medill class of 2011 over here. Um, so I, I just take it that you figured that basketball was going to be your life basically from day one? Or, or, or not? Yeah, so from the day I was born, a basketball was put in my hands, and um, I've had great people in my corner, and I've had great coaches to learn from, uh, from Doug Collins to Coach Collins to, you know, my father to all the coaches that my dad has coached with, uh, just taking little bits and pieces from everybody that I've been with along the way, and, you know, it's really built me into the person and basketball player that I am today. 
Guy, bienvenido a San Francisco. I, I, I read that it was your birthday two days ago. You just turned 20, so feliz día de nacimiento. What did you do to, to celebrate your birthday? Oh, to celebrate my birthday? Uh, I just stay at home with my, my friends. Uh, I was in Florida with my, my agents. And I was really, really anxious waiting for the draft. But it was, <laughs> was a good experience. Like, uh, past my, 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 my birthday here and with special persons that changed my life. Well, congratulations to all three of you guys for becoming the newest members of the Golden State Warriors. And now we'd like to open it up to questions. We have uh, Mike over to my right and Cole to my left who are going to be passing around mics. Uh, just go ahead, raise your hand, and we'll get a mic over to you. How would you three guys just describe what it was like to hear your name um, and to be drafted to the reigning NBA champs? Yeah, I can go. I can go. Um, I mean, I, first of all, it was surreal. Um, I mean, I didn't believe it at first, and I think a lot of people have that same reaction. But, um, you know, immediately I knew I was coming into a culture, um, and I'm stepping into a winning culture. Um, and I just knew from, you know, that day forward, I've got to put my best foot forward. And uh, I'm just excited to be in this organization, and uh, you know I just want to continue to win. Um, yeah, like you said, I was I was very excited. You know, just hearing my name called, it was almost like a feeling of relief. You know, just all the hard work that you put in over the over the all, all over the years, of just getting to this getting to this position in life is it was amazing for sure. It was surreal. Uh, for me, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, be a Warriors too. And when I when I hear my names be, being called, it was like a dream come true because uh, one guy for another country from Brazil uh, be here in U.S. and run run for for your dream. That's 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 amazing. For was a was a great experience for me. Uh, hi, I'm Jason Dumas with Crown Forest Sports. Uh, Patrick, I read a, an article you were quoted in, I think it was back in February, you're just kind of talking about your basketball inspirations and what kind of drives you. And you mentioned Draymond Green and his leadership. I guess, uh, did you have any conversations with him since you've been drafted or even during the pre-draft uh, process? And how does it feel now to, to be a teammate of his? Yeah, I've, I haven't had any conversations with him yet. Um, I'm excited to get a chance to talk to him, but I mean, just being able to take the court alongside in the practice facility with, you know, some of the legends of the game and some of the guys that you've really grown up watching and idolized, um, I mean, it's a surreal moment. Um, I mean, like that article stated, you know, Draymond's a great point of inspiration for me, and, you know, I like to take a lot of bits and pieces from other players, and I'm really excited to, you know, see what he has to say and uh, little nuggets that I can pick up from him. Any other questions? Looks like Mike's getting passed. Uh, uh, another for Patrick. Uh, something that that Bob said is that he, uh, watching you sort of play, he noticed that you are the son of a of a player. Uh, how would you describe what it was like uh, uh, growing up in in sort of a basketball family and how that's impacted your game? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me personally, it was really the best household that I could have ever asked for. Um, I mean, you're sitting right behind my parents and. I mean, through every step of the way, they've, they've helped me with basketball, they've helped me with life, and um, 
I mean, just as a basketball player, it definitely gives me a little bit of a step up uh, at a younger age. But, you know, now I'm stepping into a position where the playing field is even and I've got to seek out information for myself. But I'm very fortunate to have those guys in, in my corner for my whole life. And, I mean, they've shaped me to be the person and player that I am today. Hey Ryan, I'm just wondering. Um, you know, you're a point guard who has a six foot ten wingspan. Obviously, your length really stands out. Are there any point guards that really have inspired you in the past for your game style as well? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You over there too, Sean Livingston. You know, he a long, big guard. So, you know, he was one of the guys in the mid range area too, is where I like to operate a little bit. So, he was one of the guys. You know, like I said, C.J. McCollum was another one. Uh, Jordan Poole, he's another guy that. I see similarities a little bit, so it's guys like that for sure. R.C. Davis, Warriors Radio. This question is for Mike. Obviously, the draft is about need as well as best player available. Can you kind of speak on each of these guys as what they jumped off the page for you guys? Yeah, sure. I think starting with Patrick, uh, <clears throat> we've had a long line of success with guys from Milwaukee, so that, that, that was tempting, but um, his, his overall size, length, and skill set to be able to shoot the ball, handle it, pass, uh, we identified that. We felt good about it. We felt we were getting tremendous value at the 28th pick. So we're excited to have him with Ryan. We've had Ryan in for a workout. We've watched him over the year at Toledo. And we just felt like he, he's a dynamic guard that can play both ends of the floor. And um, our scouts, everybody really liked him. And he's a guy who's probably played the farthest away. We had to go long and far to find him. But um, Leandro Barbosa, one of the guys on our staff, uh, actually played with him a few years back. So he's been on our radar. And um, all these guys present versatility. They play on both ends of the floor. And we think they can all shoot the ball. So good fits on and off the court for us. And uh, guys, we're excited to add to our culture. Uh, this question's for Patrick. Uh, is it true that when it came to decision day for college, you actually texted your dad coach that you were going to go play for him? Yeah, so I believe the story goes I was in school and it was kind of an epiphany moment. Like I was thinking about it a lot over that month and I was in school, probably not studying for a test or not paying attention. Just I was in the clouds that day and um, just out of the blue texting my dad, I said, I want to go. I want to play for you. And at first he didn't believe it, so I had to confirm it when he came home. But um, yeah, that was really just a, a split-second decision in the moment, and um, I have no regrets with it. You were the youngest player ever to be sought after by Duke. You've played U19, so you've been on the national stage for a while. What was it like, though, to make that final decision to stay at home and play for Dad? Yeah, it was a, it was a big weight off my shoulders. Um, you know, that decision was definitely looming over me, and, uh, you know, definitely took a long time to come to, but... Um, at the end of the day, when I decided to go play for my pops uh, for, for this year, I think, you know, it took all the weight off my shoulders and just, you know, I could smile and play basketball. While we're passing the mic around, just want to follow up with you, Patrick. Someone's mentioned the Milwaukee connection before. I'm just curious, do you know Kevon Looney and Jordan Poole personally? And, of course, Juan Toscano Anderson went to Marquette. Yeah, I don't know any of them personally. Um, I kind of came in as they were coming out, uh, so I would have been a freshman when Jordan Poole was at La Lumiere, and uh, I think Kevon Looney was kind of far past my time. So, um, But there's definitely that Milwaukee connection, and I feel it already. Um, so I loved watching those guys play, and 
you know, I definitely knew about their games far before I came to Milwaukee, but um, the, I mean, Milwaukee ties are definitely strong here. Hey, Guy, uh, just wondering your relationship possibly with Leandro Barbosa, and if he's someone who, again, you watched his film in the past and have found some inspiration from as well. Yeah, Leandro for me was like a mentor in Brazil. I played with him two years there, and he teached me a lot of things. Yeah, since since I met him, he teach me a lot of things like uh, how how to use his body, how how I have to do something to to cut this guy or something like that. But he always have been like a mentor to me and help me and like take some decisions. No. Patrick, we saw, uh, we probably all saw the video of you hitting the corner three and doing the look away thing. What inspired that? And was it spontaneous or is that something you do occasionally? Yeah, it was definitely spontaneous. Um, you know, in the moment I had no clue what I was doing. It just, I felt it, it went in, saw somebody on the bench, so I had to turn around and let them know. But, um, that's usually not me. That's actually my first tech ever in my life. Um, so that's not, yeah, I got a tech for it. But <laughs> um, So that was my first tech ever in my life, but well-deserved and it was a good tech, so. What did your dad say to you after the tech? I mean, we needed that fire, so it was a good tech. Um, so, I mean, he had nothing bad to say. It was just, we needed that fire. Any other questions? Got time for a couple more questions here if uh, the mic's getting passed around. Uh, this question's for Ryan. Uh, Coach Kowalczyk, how did he prepare you to get to this level? He prepared me like, you know, he set out a plan for me coming into Toledo, you know, just setting out what I needed to improve on, which is just, you know, my shooting, just getting stronger, just becoming a better basketball player and a better person. So just him helping me, him, him helping me with that and just, you know, just his style of play, just is already like an NBA style, positionless, you know, just five guys that can go out there and play basketball. So just with that, I can't, it kind of gave me a preview a little bit, I think. When you arrived on campus, did you already start working on these are the things I need to do to get to the next level? Was there already a game plan there? Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I meant. He got, had like a, a set game plan for me almost like over the years of my, what I was going to be doing and what the, the keys to success were for me. I think we have time for two more questions from uh, Jason and CJ. Uh, yeah, for, for Ryan, um, you're from Detroit, Dementon. Uh, I know people from there, they have a lot of pride uh, being from Detroit. We, the Warriors got another guy from Dementon and, and Draymond Green, I guess. Uh, how much pride do you have coming from that city and how did that help shape you as a basketball player and how excited are you to have another guy who takes a pr tremendous amount of pride being from that state uh, as one of your teammates? You know, I love Draymond for that, honestly. Just, you know, how he shows himself, how he provides himself to the media and all that. Just, yeah, I guess it is like a Midwest mitten thing, you know, just being from there, you kind of have a chip on your shoulder because not a lot of stuff is coming out of that area. You know, you just... You just had that toughness on your shoulder, so it kind of just it builds you up for it, for sure. Uh, CJ Holmes, San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, this one's for my guys on the end. How do you two see yourselves fitting into a you know, Golden State system and what they're kind of trying to accomplish here? 
Say that one more time. How do you guys see yourselves? Sorry, that echo is weird, right? <laughs> How do you guys see yourselves fitting in the Golden State system and what they're trying to accomplish here? Oh, I feel like I can just I can create plays. You know, I think I'm a playmaker. I can create for myself, create for others. Uh, and I think I'm just a winner. You know, I make the right play. I play the right way. I don't try to do too much, you know. I'm just a shooter on the team. I'm going to get the ball to the shooter. So I just know how to play basketball. So I think it'll work out eventually. Well, uh, thank you, Guy, Patrick, Ryan, Mike, for uh, joining me up here on the stage. Well, it was great hearing from Patrick Baldwin Jr., Ryan Rollins, Guy Santos, the three newest Golden State Warriors, alongside assistant GM Mike Dunleavy. You don't have to wait until October to see these guys play, assuming they clear all physicals and everything. They will be right here at Chase Center next week at the California Classic. The Golden State Warriors play July 2nd, 3rd, and 5th. And then if you're in the Las Vegas area and want to make a vacation out of it, Summer League is in Sin City July 7th to the 17th. The Warriors have their first game in Las Vegas on July 8th. So uh, a big thank you to everyone for listening. You don't have to wait too long to see these guys in Golden State Warriors uniforms at Summer League. Uh, I'm Kevin Dana filling in for Tim Roy. It's been a pleasure to, to fill in for the Voice of the Warriors, and uh, we will catch you next time.